Warning, the information and details you hear on this podcast can be gruesome, graphic, and in some cases triggering. These are real people. These are real cases. This is true crime. Listening discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of Couch Detectives. I'm your host, LB, that's me, and I'm simply thankful for you all tuning in. I know I always say it, I'll always say it. I am grateful for your listenership. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the family. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it will encourage you to stick around and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, be sure to follow Couch Detectives Podcast for visuals and updates on Instagram at Couch Detectives Podcast. If you do follow the Instagram account, then you will see the posts that have been made over the past couple of weeks. The most recent one being the tragedy that just occurred in the United States. And because of this, this week's episode is going to be completely different from what you're used to hearing from me. I had an entirely different episode planned for today, but I would be remiss if I did not discuss this on my platform. With this being the last episode of Mental Health Awareness Month, I do believe it still correlates and it's important for me to talk about this and give attention to the victims as I always do. So if you remember from last week's episode at the beginning, I gave you guys the news about the shooting that occurred in Buffalo, New York where the white man walked into a predominantly black grocery store and killed 10 people. Well, this past week, there was another mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. This time, it was another school shooting that claimed the lives of innocent children and teachers. And I want to take the time out to speak about both because they have truly affected me these past couple of weeks. And I think it's important to bring attention to them for my international listeners. So here we go. Let me start off by saying this past week, I have been an emotional wreck. I told you guys last week, for the sake of your mental health, sometimes you have to unplug. I should have taken my own advice. I have been in such a terrible place mentally and emotionally and as a result of these mass shootings. Now, hate crimes and school shootings are not anything new in America. They've been occurring for far too long and nothing has really been done to change it. When it happens, we say things like our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and all of those involved. But honestly, thoughts and prayers only go so far. The effect that these things have on the families involved is life-altering and something has to be done about it. If I have been feeling like this and I'm not even directly connected to these victims, I can only imagine 
what their families are going through. The shooting in Buffalo that happened on May 14th was so heartbreaking to me on so many levels, but mainly because I thought of the elders that are in my family that I am so close to just going to the grocery store to get groceries for the week or last minute shopping for Sunday dinner, not knowing that a terrorist is on the loose. I think about their families that were waiting for them to return home and they never will. Their worlds were torn apart because of the pure evilness of another human. I dare not spend this episode talking about him though, but I will bring attention to these victims and how they lived. 32-year-old Roberta Drury. She grew up in Syracuse, New York and moved to Buffalo, New York 10 years ago to help her brother who was fighting leukemia. Her family remembers her as someone who loved her family and friends and had tenacity. But most of all, they remember her for a smile that could light up a room. She was simply going to Top's grocery store to buy groceries. 52-year-old Marcus D. Morrison. He was a father of three and married for 25 years. He was working as a bus aide, and before that, he worked as a security guard. He was described as a beautiful guy who was loving and took good care of his children. A father of one of the students who rode his bus said, whether he knew it or not, he was needed and made an impact, an important one. Marcus was at the grocery store to buy chicken and salad for a weekly family movie night. 53-year-old Andre McNeil, he was a father, a brother, an uncle, and a friend. He was really close to his brother, and it was just the two of them left. From their immediate family, they had already lost their mother, their father, and their baby brother. And after the loss of Andre, it's just his brother left. He was described as a person that everybody knew in the community a loving father, an iconic brother, and he was doing what he was supposed to do, staying in his neighborhood and bettering his community with his family and his loved ones. Andre was at the store to buy a cake for his three-year-old son's birthday when he was shot and killed. 55-year-old Aaron Salter Jr. Aaron Salter Jr. was a father of three and a husband. He was a retired Buffalo police officer working security at the grocery store. He was described as a good person, good-natured and good-hearted. He was down-to-earth and took care of business. He had a vibrant personality and genius-level mechanic skills. He interacted with the shooter before he ran into the store to warn customers to go to the back of the store before the shooter came in. He stayed in the front and was shot and killed, doing what he took an oath to do, protecting. 62-year-old Geraldine Talley. She was born in Alabama 
but spent most of her life in Buffalo. She was the second youngest of nine siblings. She was a mother and a fiance who was kind, loved her family, and went out of her way to help those in need. She worked as an executive assistant, and her family says that she was an amazing cook and baker, specializing in cheesecake and carrot cake. She went shopping at the grocery store with her fiance to get ingredients for their weekly waterfront picnic. They split up in the store to pick up the items. She was shot and killed getting lunch meat. 65-year-old Celestine Cheney. She was a mother and grandmother of nine. She is remembered for her kindness, joy, and unconditional love. She was a dedicated member of her church and an amazing mother and a doting grandmother. She was shopping for shrimp, strawberries, and shortcake cups at the supermarket when she was shot attempting to flee to the back of the store. She died a week after turning 65. 67-year-old Hayward Patterson. He was a father of a 12-year-old son. He was an avid community helper who was empathetic and compassionate. He was willing to provide a helping hand to others. He was a beloved deacon at his church, and every Sunday, he'd be at the parking lot door welcoming people in. He volunteered to drive seniors to appointments and to the grocery store, which is what he was doing when he was shot and killed. He was serving, putting packages in his car. 72-year-old Catherine Massey. She was a strong, proud black woman, proficient in her history and her culture, and a lover of all people. She was a local civil rights advocate in her community, and though she had lots of people who loved her, and she loved lots of people, she had two really close friends who called themselves the Three Musketeers. Last year, Catherine wrote a letter that was published in Buffalo News concerning a rise in gun violence and called for federal action. She never imagined the thing that she fought against would take her life. She was at the grocery store shopping for her sister when she was shot and killed. 77-year-old Pearl Young. She was a loving mother of three, grandmother of 10, great-grandmother of seven, a praiser and a missionary. In 1981, she graduated with a degree in social sciences from the University of Buffalo. She taught Sunday school, was a substitute teacher for Buffalo Public Schools, and ran a food pantry. She was a fashionista and a kind woman who loved people and loved God. She enjoyed dancing, watching TV, and spending time with her family. She was at Top Supermarket, which wasn't even her usual store, getting groceries after a prayer breakfast when she was shot and killed. 86-year-old Ruth 
Whitfield. She was born in Jackson, Mississippi in 1936. She was later raised on Grand Island, which is just north of Buffalo. She was a mother of four, a grandmother of nine, and a great-grandmother of 10. She was a master at cooking macaroni and cheese and a lover of thrift shopping. She had just left from visiting her husband of 68 years at a nursing home when she stopped to get groceries and was shot and killed. The families of these victims will never get to see them again. They'll never get to hug them or spend precious moments with them again, all because of a hate crime and the fact that an evil person and evil people all across America have access to such harmful weapons. The same goes for the victims' families in Uvalde, Texas. Now, y'all know I don't do cases involving kids, and I'm not going to go into as much details with these victims in this case as I just did with the ones in the Buffalo case. But as a human, a mother, and a teacher, this case really had my world turned completely upside down this past week. I was not myself. I was, as I said, an emotional wreck because this, for me, hit way too close to home. On Tuesday, May 24th, down in Uvalde, Texas, another teenager entered Rob Elementary School armed and ready to wreak havoc after he had just shot at people across the street and shot into the school before entering the school where he let off at least 100 rounds in two separate classrooms. These children and teachers went to school on a normal day preparing for the end of the year to never return home to their families and loved ones. These were babies with the summer and their whole lives ahead of them just snatched away. He claimed the lives of 21 people, 19 students and two teachers, the students. Eight-year-old Uzziah Garcia, a sweet boy who loved visiting his granddad and playing catch. Nine-year-old Eliana Amaya Garcia, a sweet and lovely girl with a beautiful soul who wanted to be a cheerleader when she grew up. Jackie Gazares, a nine-year-old who went out of her way to help others. 10-year-old Makina Lee Elrod, who had the biggest heart and loved her family. 10-year-old Nevea Bravo, who loved her siblings and her cousins. 10-year-old Jose Manuel Flores, who loved helping take care of his siblings and wanted to be a police officer when he grew up. 10-year-old Xavier Lopez, who was a stylish, funny, and outgoing kid, ready to cheer up anyone and everyone at any moment. 10-year-old Tess Marie Mata, who was an introverted girl who loved her cat and was saving up money for a trip to Disney. 10-year-old 
Rogelio Torres, who was a smart and loving son. 10-year-old Eliana Torres, a smart girl who loved softball and had so much potential. 10-year-old Annabella Guadalupe Rodriguez, who was a quiet honor roll student who was focused on her studies. 10-year-old Jace Carmela Luvanos, who was a friendly kid who invited everyone to his house, including his cousin, the next victim. 10-year-old Jayla Nicole Seguero, who loved dancing and spending time outside and going to school, but she didn't even want to go to school on that day. 10-year-old Mate Juliana Rodriguez, who was a sweet, caring, and goal-driven girl who loved Whataburger. Me too, Mate. 10-year-old Amarie Jo Garza, who was protective of her three-year-old brother and loved Chick-fil-A. Same, Amarie. 10-year-old Alexandria Anaya Rubio, who was a straight-A student that enjoyed sports and wanted to be a lawyer. 10-year-old Alethea Ramirez, who loved to draw and loved soccer. 11-year-old Layla Salazar, who loved to swim and dance, and she could really run. An 11-year-old Miranda Mathis, who was a sweet, smart, and shy tomboy who enjoyed being in nature and outdoors. The two teachers, 44-year-old Eva Morales, who was a teacher for 17 years. 48-year-old Irma Garcia, who was a teacher for 23 years. Her husband passed away of a heart attack a couple of days after the shooting. Y'all, I have literally been at a loss for words this entire week trying to really wrap my mind around this. As I said, school shootings are not new. They've happened before. They've been just as painful before. But I feel like now, because I am a teacher, because this could have been any of my teacher friends in America, because these were babies, and I am an adult at this point where I can fully comprehend the magnitude of this, it has truly devastated me. I am on the better end of it now. I've been praying. I've been pushing myself to fully comprehend. I've been writing. But this is devastating. I don't have the answers. To say keep our thoughts and prayers with the victim's families is one thing. But something needs to be done. Action has to be taken. I don't know exactly what they can say more gun laws, but people who are evil are going to do evil things regardless of the gun laws. But something has to give. This cannot continue to happen in a country where it doesn't have to happen. I won't go into the politics of it all, but what I will say is, yes, please keep the families of the victims from the Buffalo shooting 
and the Uvalde shooting in your prayers. Continue to keep their memories alive. Continue to tell these stories. Continue to reach out to whoever it is that you have the ability to reach out to so that we can try collectively to make a difference. Something's got to give. Until next time, Couch Detectives, keep an eye out on your backyard.